Good morning. It is so wonderful for me to be here with all of you today at All Nations Community Church. It's a wonderful privilege and blessing for me to be here with all of you. Uh, when I think about your church, it brings about a lot of good memories for me. For I know a lot of you that are watching this, you're probably thinking, I can't believe that's Pastor James, right? Because I know from so many of you. I know my brother-in-law's brother, Joe, is here, and uh, Michael, who renovated my house, attends here as well. And I have a lot of good friends that go to this church. And it's been a wonderful blessing to hear of all the wonderful things that God is doing. But not only the people that attend, but I'm so grateful to Pastor Michael for allowing me to come and to speak with all of you. Not only Pastor Michael, but I just saw Pastor Amos in the office. And it's been wonderful to see Pastor Tay and Diane lead the Korean ministry here as well. And I'm so encouraged to see how God is working and moving through All Nations Community Church. And being a Valley guy myself, it brings back a lot of good memories um, of being in the Valley as well as what this church has been doing as well. As we're going through this whole pandemic, I know that it's not an easy time. And I know for many, it's been a very difficult time. But not only for you, but even for my church as well. And as I thought about the pandemic, I thought to myself, what can I encourage my church with? And I just concluded a series on Romans chapter 8. And today I want to share with you just a portion of it. And I pray that it will be a wonderful encouragement and blessing to all of you. For today we're going to be looking at Romans 8, chapter 35 to verse 39. And this is the reading of God's holy and precious word. May you pay close attention to it. For the word of God declares, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May God bless the reading and the preaching of his word. There are those who argue that Romans chapter 8 may be the greatest chapter in all of the Bible. For many of us, we know so many familiar texts from this chapter as well. For so often I've heard people recite Romans 8, 28. We know that God works all things together for good for those who love them. And the reason why so many people love this chapter is because we are so encouraged and blessed by the very love of God. For it is in this chapter that we see and experience the grandeur and the glory of God's love. And it's so evident and is clearly displayed. And that's why when Paul concludes this chapter, he concludes it with an absolute bang. That he's so immersed and caught up in the glory of this love that he says, For I am sure that neither life nor death nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's saying that the love of God is absolutely inseparable, that there is absolutely nothing that will ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's why this is the final question that Paul asks in Romans chapter 8. For we see that Paul lists a lot of ask a couple of questions here in Romans 8 in response to what he told us in verses 1 through 30. And when we look at these questions, they address the greatest concerns of our lives. For we see Paul say in verse 31 that we have nothing to fear because he is for us. 
for many of us, we have fears. But he tells us if God is for us, then who can be against us? That you and I have nothing to fear. Then in verse 32, he deals with our issues of anxiety. For many of us, we worry about so many things. And he says that we have nothing to worry about. Why? Because he graciously gives us all things in him. And not only do we have nothing to worry about, that we no longer have to live with a sense of guilt. For many of us, we have guilt for the things that we have done in our lives. We have guilt for the sins that we have committed. But he says that we no longer have to live with guilt because it is God who justifies. That there's no longer anyone who condemns because it is God who justifies. So we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be guilty. And therefore he ends it with the bang by asking the question, then who shall separate us from the love of God? You see, that is our greatest concern. Our greatest concern is not fear, is not anxiety, is not guilt. But is there anything that can separate me from the very love of God in Christ? And his answer is a resounding no. That we don't have to worry about that. That there's absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the reason why we don't have to fear is because, or worry or have guilt is because he loves us. Why is he for us? Because he loves us. Why is it that he graciously gives us all things? It's because he loves us. Why is it that no longer, why is it that he justifies? That there's no longer anyone who condemns? It's because he loves us. You see, this is the most essential question that he asks. That even when we look at all the blessings and promises in Romans 8, verses 1 through 30, all that he says that he's done for us in Christ Jesus is because he loves us. When we think about Romans 8, 1, that there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he loves us. He tells us that the Holy Spirit now lives in us and gives us life. Why? Because he loves us. He tells us that we are adopted as sons of God. Why? Because he loves us. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses by praying with and for us. Why? Because he loves us. He works all things together for good for those who love him. Why? Because he loves us. Those who he foreknew, he called, he justified and glorified. Why? Because he loves us. Don't you realize that every blessing that we have received in Christ is because he loves us. And that's why he ends with that bang. That's why he asked that last question, who shall separate us from the very love of God in Christ Jesus? Don't you see, Paul tells us all these things so that we would know the depth and the height of God's love. Because when we know this love, it makes all the difference in the world. And we need to know this love. That's why this morning we quickly want to look at three things. The question of God's love. Second, the answer to the question. And third, the assurance of God's love. The question, the answer, and the assurance. First, we see the question of God's love. For Paul says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? As I said earlier, this is the most crucial and important question. There's nothing more important, not our health, not our wealth, not our families. But it is this question that we all need to come and answer. This is a question that we all need to do with. It's a question that we all need to know. Does God really love us forever? For there is nothing more terrifying, nothing more hopeless than being separated from the love of God. You see, when we think about it, separation is something that we all dread. I hate being separated. 
Even right now in the midst of pandemic, I hate the fact that I have to be separated from my church members. I hate the fact that I have to be separated from my friends, that I cannot see them face to face and hang out with them. And I'm longing for the day that I can come and worship with my church again. I'm longing for the day that I can hang out with my friends once again. And this idea of separation is not natural. We're meant to be together. This is how God created us. He created us to be social beings. But there is nothing worse than being separated from the ones you love. Right? Could you imagine being separated from your wife? How hard would that be? There was actually a time that my wife and I were separated. Not like that, not like a divorce. But my wife and I were on our way to Paris, and we arrived at the Paris airport, and we got separated. You know, I was trying to get a currency exchange, and I told her to wait, and we're in this foreign country, and people don't speak English that well, and we got separated. And for a moment, I know that my wife began to panic. She got really scared. And it, did, it didn't help that people were saying that, oh, your husband left you. He probably went off to cheat off with someone else. And she was really afraid. And when she saw me, you could see that sense of joy and relief. She was like, oh, I'm so glad to be with you again. There's nothing like to be separated, right? Even for your children out there, for your kids. You know, the idea of being separated from your parents is af- absolutely a terrifying ordeal. There's actually a time even with my kids where I was separated from them. You know, we're at church, and we have two sites. We have our L.A. site and our Torrance site. And I had to leave for our Torrance site, and I totally forgot my kids. Can you believe that? So I left my kids behind, and I got a call from my elder, and he said, uh, you forgot someone. I was like, oh, my. So I had to come back to church. And when I came back to church, you should see my kids. They were crying, and they were so sad. And they saw me, and they were so relieved. And the next Sunday at church, they made sure they did not lose sight of me. They made sure that they were close by me all throughout that Sunday because they were afraid that I was going to leave them again. We hate being separated. It gives us a sense of fear. It gives us a sense of uncertainty. It gives us a sense of depression. And we hate being separated from the ones we love. And that's why death is so painful, is it not? Isn't that, because that, that's the greatest separation of all, death. That we know that we will never see our loved ones again. Could the, but the thing is, could there be anything worse than being separated from the ones you love? There is. Being separated from the love of God. To be separated from the most amazing love of all. But that's exactly what sin did. You see, what it sin do is separated us from the very love of God. We lost that which we were created for, which was to have this loving relationship with him. But don't you see, this is why God, loving us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to endure the agony of being what? Separated from his love. For there on that cross... For three days that Jesus was separated from the love of his father, the love that he's experienced for all eternity, the love that he's known all his life. But for three days, he was separated from that love and absolutely crushed him to be separated from his father. And yet he did that so that you and I would never, ever be separated from his love. That he endured perhaps the greatest separation of all so that we will not have to. You see, this is the love of God. 
then why does Paul ask who can separate us from the love of God? You see, it's not asking, does God love us? It's asking us whether or not will his love remain. Because there are moments where it seems that God seems to have abandoned us. And Paul lists them. He says, shall tribulation, hardship, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? Because you see, it's in those moments when we go through those hardships, when we go through those difficulties, when we go through those persecutions, if we begin to think to ourselves, does God still love me? And we question it. Why? If God loves us, then why does God allow these things to happen to us? Maybe because God doesn't love me anymore. And we feel like God is punishing us for not living the life that God desires for us to live. Or perhaps because of the sins in our lives. Just like Job's friends who rebuked Job when he was going through all that suffering and all that hardship and told him to repent. Repent for your sins, the sins that you're not telling us, they're private sins in your life. For that is the reason why you're going through all these trials in your life. And we think like that is because so often when it comes to love, our idea of love is conditional. So often we appreciate God's unconditional love for us, but when we think about love, we feel like it's conditional. In our minds, love can end. In our minds, love can be separated. And therefore, we believe that God's love is also conditional. We begin to believe he only loves us when we are good, but hates us when we are not. Or maybe we feel like God has stopped loving us because he said, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I can only put up with so much. You know what? I am done with you. You see, this is what we begin to believe, especially when these hardships and persecutions and nakedness and famine and sore come into our lives. In those moments, we begin to put our ideas of what love is to our understanding of who God is. But this is what the devil wants you to believe. You see, Paul asks who, but it seems like Paul does not answer the question because the things that he mentions are not a person, but they are events. Persecution, distress, famine, these are not a person. This is not a who, but a what. But you see, it's the devil that uses these events to separate us from Christ. It's the devil who whispers in our ears and tells us, if God loves you, that you will not go through all these things. If God loves you, that he will not make you suffer. But the reason why you're going through this is because God doesn't love you and Satan is whispering in our ears. He says, shouldn't your life be easier and more comfortable? No, he does not love you. He hates you. And that's been his mission and passion from the very beginning of time, that he would drive a wedge between you and God. And there's nothing more delightful for Satan to see us separated from God. You see, Satan is the one who uses these events to try to separate us from the very love of God or makes us believe that God no longer loves us indeed. But it's not only the devil himself, but it's ourselves. Like I said earlier, we are the ones who question God's love for us. Because so often we wonder whether or not he loves us because he does not give us what we want. And maybe because of the fact we love those things more than we love God himself. This is why when trials and hardships come, we get angry and bitter against God. And we allow these things that we have not gotten to be a wedge between us and God. And when we do that, we're telling God we love these things more than you. It's so often, it's not God who separates us of love for us. So often, we walk away from his love for us. 
And perhaps this is where you find yourself this morning. You feel so far away from his love that you feel separate from his love. You only see your pain and your only hardship and trial. Then this morning I pray that you will find comfort in the answer to the question. For we see the answer. As Paul begins in verse verse 36, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We regard it as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What a peculiar answer, but it's an amazing one. He quotes Psalm 44, 22, where the psalmist cries out a lament before God. In Psalm 44, the psalmist is crying out to God. Why? Because he feels like God has forgotten him. Where they were once loved by God, now he feels like God has turned their back on them. Not only his back, but even his face. And rather than saying no to the question that no one can separate you from the love of God, it seems that the psalmist is confirming our suspicions that God's love is conditional, that God's love is not eternal, and that we can be separated. It seems like as if Paul is using the psalm to make his point, yes, these trials can separate you. This is why you are like sheep to be slaughtered. But that is not the case. By quoting this verse, He's actually telling us that absolutely nothing's able to separate us from the love of Christ, even though we are being killed all all the day long. Why? For he says he does all these things for his name's sake. You see, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We regard it as sheep to be slaughtered. You see, he knows and understands the reason why we go through these things, it is for his glory. Because the thing is, he is still in control. You see, he's not allowing us to be killed all day long because he hates us, but the reality is because he loves us. That even in the midst of our pain and our affliction, his love is still there. For when we hear the phrase, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered, it reminds us of another text where another person was seeing a lament And we find this in Isaiah chapter 53, which we all know is to be about the suffering servant. For Isaiah 53, verse 7 and 8 says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. You see, the suffering servant in Isaiah 53 is a foreshadow of Christ who is the true Lamb of God who was slain. You see, he is the lamb that was led to the slaughter. He is the sheep that before his shearer is silent. You see, he is the one who took our guilt and our shame and absorbed the wrath of God for us. He was the one who was oppressed and afflicted. He was the one who was pierced and crushed. Don't you see, everything that Paul mentioned in verse 35 the persecution, the hardship, the nakedness, the famine, the distress, that Christ is the one who endured all these things as well. And yet God still loved his son. Don't you see what Paul is telling us? That this is the life for those who love God. That this is the life for those who follow God in this broken and fallen world. In other words, that you and I should not be surprised when you and I are going through these things, when we are going through these hardships, because what we are doing is we are walking in the footsteps of Christ. For Christ is the one who had endured all these things for us, 
And what a wonderful privilege it is for us to walk in his footsteps. As 1 Peter 4, 12 to 13 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. You see, Peter tells us to rejoice as we share in the sufferings of Christ because as we share in his suffering that we will share in his glory. That you and I walk in the footsteps of Christ that even though now we enter in the time of suffering, we know that we will share in his glory. And that's why he says in verse 20, 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He says, no, the question was who? And he says, no, these things cannot separate us. Why? Because we are more than conquerors. We are not, we're not simply just conquerors, but we are more than conquerors. What does he mean by that? How can he say that we are more than conquerors when we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered? When we are regarded, we're being killed all the day long, and yet he says that we are more than conquerors. He's telling us that you and I are like Superman, that we are not victims of these hardships, but we are victors over them. Why? Through him who loved us. That the reason why we are more than conquerors is not because we simply endure these things, not simply because we're overcoming these things, but to the very end that God will use these things to make us more and more like Jesus. Not only do we conquer these things, but we are more than conquered because God is going to turn these things to make us more and more like Jesus. It reminds me of the story of Joseph who was sold into slavery, betrayed by his brothers, falsely accused and forgotten. Yet when he saw his brothers, he said, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You see, it's not simply that Joseph was able to overcome and endure the hardship, but that God used it for a greater good that all many people should be kept alive. In the same way that as you and I are being a sheep to be slaughtered, as we're being killed all the day long, we are more than conquerors because not only will we get through it, but God will use these things to make us glorious just like his son is. This is why when we go through these things, it's not because he's hating us, he's actually loving us because he's making us more and more like Jesus. We will be like him, and we will be glorified. No, these things cannot separate us from the love of Christ. We are more than conquerors because of him who loves us. This is why no matter what comes our way that we can overcome. And that's why this morning, do you see yourself more of a victim of your circumstances? Or do you see yourself as a victor? Because you know that you are more than a conqueror that Christ has already overcome. And we know that one day we shall overcome and one day we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. This is why these things cannot separate you from the love of God in Christ. They actually tell you the different, they tell you the reverse, which is how much he loves you. And finally, we see Paul's assurance. 
For he finally says, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I love this. He just answered the question, who can separate us from the love of Christ? He's saying no one. And like a great apologist and defender of the faith, he wonderfully argues his case. But here he says, I am sure. He did not say, I think. He didn't say, I hope. But he is sure. He is absolutely certain. He's saying that there is no doubt. And I love the way that Paul concludes. It's almost as if Paul is so caught up when he answered that question, wow, that nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ. He begins to explode. He's like, you know what? That is so true. As a matter of fact, you think that these hardships, these trials can separate you from, from the love of Christ? But let me tell you, not even death can separate you. Not even life can separate you from the love of God in Christ. That our greatest fear, which is death, that even death cannot separate you. It's not even death or life, but not either time, neither present nor the future can ever separate you from the love of God in Christ. Not even the rulers of the spiritual realm, not even the rulers of the earthly realm can ever separate you from the love of God in Christ. As a matter of fact, nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God in Christ. You see, this is what happens with Paul. He gets so excited. He gets so immersed when he thinks about the love of God. He's saying that you thought about tribulation. You thought about hardship. You thought about distress. You thought about nakedness. That is nothing. Because you know what? As a matter of fact, neither life nor death, nor angel nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor power neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's telling us what you're going through. If you think that can separate you, well, let me tell you something better. That not even death, not even life, Nothing in time or space, nothing in all creation will be able to separate you from his love. And that's what you have to know. That it has to be your assurance. You see, it's not simply good enough to know about God's never-ending love. You have to make it your own where you are sure where you're sure that death will not separate you from the love of God, that neither ruler, earthly, or spiritual will be able to tear you away from his love. Not even time, whether it be present or the future, will separate you from his love. Not even space, whether height or death, no matter where you are, that his love is for you. You need to know this love. It makes all the difference over the world. And why is Paul so certain? It's because he knows that Christ is Lord. You see, he says, separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul is certain because Christ is Lord. He's Lord over life and death. He's Lord over all spiritual and earthly kingdoms. He's Lord over time and space. He is Lord over all creation. That is why nothing will ever separate you from his love. And when you know that inseparable love of God, then you know you have everything. That you will no longer seek anything else. 
when we have this inseparable love of God, what more do you need? Then, dear friends, know that he is Lord. He is Lord over your hardship. He is Lord over your suffering. And because he is Lord, then there is nothing that will ever separate you from his love. I pray that during this pandemic that you will find great comfort and peace in his love, that it will continue to sustain you as you continue to live this life for the glory of his name. Let us pray. And Father, we thank you that you are Lord of all. And because you are Lord, we know that nothing will ever separate us from your love. Father God, so often in our own minds, we feel like things do get in the way. So often, that's why, Father God, we can't perhaps even fully grasp what it means of your unconditional love for us. And I pray that, God, that you will enable us to see the splendor of that truth, that nothing will ever separate us from your love, that you will always love us, that you'll always be there for us. And I know for many during this time, Lord, during this pandemic, it has been hard, but I pray that, that God, that they would find comfort in your love, that no matter how far they are from you, that God, that you are still there for them. That God, that you sent your only begotten son who endured the greatest separation so that we would never be separate from your love. So we give you all the glory and in Jesus' name, amen.